Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host, Shana. Hello. Hey, Shana. Hey. Hello. Today, we have Ben from Birmingham. Hello, Ben. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> Ready for summer. Um, yeah, very nice to have you here. Thank so, you. Birmingham, how long have you lived in Sweden? I live in Birmingham. <laughs> well, for a start, it's Birmingham. Bur- Birmingham. It's Birmingham, and you can even say Birmingham, uh, rather than Birmingham, just to differentiate between the two. Sorry, it's a little Texas accent. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but there's a definite difference between the two. No, I moved here. I actually left Birmingham many, many years ago when I was uh, about 18. So I've, pre-living in Sweden, I lived in London, but I've also lived in other places in, in Britain. But I, I will take the Birmingham credit. Um, so I moved here 2006, which is to the day, I think... Uh, 17 years ago. I think it was May the 3rd when we actually rolled oh, in. Wow. Really? Rolled into town in our <laughs> in our Ford Transit. Uh, <laughs> and and when you say we, this is the reason that you're in Sweden at all. Yeah, so I lived together with my then Sambo became wife, no longer now separated, but that's all good in a nice Swedish way. We lived together in London and had a kid in 2005. And then we went, why on earth would we be living in London with a kid where it's everything is expensive and not great? And we could be living in a place with cheap childcare and access to forests and clean water and clean air and you can leave your doors open and children can cycle safely to school so we did that popped out another couple of kids and um so that was about 17 years ago but you you moved to linshipping and that was linshipping yeah can you fill us in just a little bit on on linshipping briefly it's two hours from stockholm two hours from stockholm that's the town motto uh, it, should uh, it should be. I, I've suggested that to the uh, town council. You know, Linköping. It? It's only two hours from Stockholm, <laughs> so that's one of the good things about it. Um, it's a nice place. It's a bit like if you were to design a town on a simulated computer. It's like if in AI, like SimCity kind of yeah, thing? SimCity. If an AI were to design a town, they'd come up with Linköping because it's perfect in every sense, Aww. apart from the fact that it lacks any soul at all. So it's <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful, clean, great, in order, um, wonderful. Apart from the fact that you go, what the hell am I doing here? It's a quite a small town. It's a big. It's the fifth biggest city in Sweden. But it is very. It's a lot of a lot of these cities in Sweden have this. They don't quite know if they are small big towns or big small towns, and Linköping is sort of a small big town that has a small identity. It's it's a lot of it's a it's a relatively new town, but it's it's tiny. If you've ever lived in anywhere of any size, so if you've ever been to London or Birmingham or Barcelona or Berlin or Amsterdam. Linköping is like a village. A like broken, a suburb. Or... <laughs> a suburb. You know, it's got a square and... Um, but then again, the trouble, the trouble with Linköping, it's got a lot of people who've moved from even smaller places who see it as this Big buzzing town. metropolis. But if you've ever lived in an actual buzzing metropolis, yeah. it's incredibly parochial. What's Linköping famous for? Is there any sort of... Yes. You mean industry-wise? Or anything. <laughs> yeah. No, it's known for aeroplanes. Uh-huh. It's the oh, aeroplane city. Yeah, so Saab is there, and they mm-hmm. make the Gripen, 
and literally the Swedish economy will, you know, Crumble. is dependent <laughs> on orders of the Gripen um, fighter plane. So if there's an order of like Gripen, suddenly there's it's like the okay, Swedish economy so floats or sinks. Job area. Yeah, if you work with if you're an engineer, yeah, it's brilliant. It's I actually spoke to an engineer the other day and he said there's nowhere better in Sweden if you're an engineer, which, you know... <laughs> Maybe that should be the town motto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's two hours And, it's, and two it's two hours from Stockholm. <laughs> but it's not really the kind of place... It doesn't really have a soul or an identity. But now you split your time between Stockholm yeah. and Linköping. So I'm going to half and half. Yeah, roughly half time in Stockholm, roughly half time in Linköping. So. And that's because you... Because stuff happens in Stockholm. <laughs> that's true. Like this. <laughs> Would I be doing this? I Meeting two Canadian Incredible, and an American. Wonderful. Just keep you know. the, you know, yeah, the compliments yeah. coming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this wouldn't... The, so basically stuff happens in Stockholm. Yeah. In a way, it doesn't really happen in Linköping. But that's because Stockholm's a big city. Well, why don't you tell us what you do? Yeah. And how you can spend your time in more than one mm. town and even mm. all over Sweden? Yeah, so basically I do lots of things and it depends which day you catch me on. So some days I am... Um, uh, the umbrella thing I work with mainly is comedy. So I either perform comedy and that will mean either I perform here in Sweden. I was, I've performed in other countries as well. I was in Copenhagen recently, Finland recently. Um, I was even in London and I've even was in New York in the last six months, but that's by no means a regular gig. It was a one-off for the fun. You have um, tried, yeah. I've tried, it's great, it's good fun. Um, and I also put on gigs, so I put on a club night in Linköping and I put on, I have put on an English night here in Stockholm, uh, which I'm kind of looking for another venue, which is called Laughing Stock, which was... I, I kind of brought over people from the UK and it was aimed at the English-speaking people right, of yeah. Stockholm. And then I've, I've got a festival, a comedy festival in Linköping, which, you know, um, and then I've, I've written sitcom, a sitcom for TV. I've written a film, or I made a film, I should say, uh, which was a kind of road movie documentary through Sweden. All right, we have to hear about that. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> the title was Big in Sweden. And it was with a comedian who's a hell of a lot more successful than me called Al Pitcher, who's very good. You should check him out on the many platforms that he's on <laughs> yes. that I'm not. And what we did, we travelled from the middle of Sweden to the far north of Sweden. And we went to visit the small places with the big monuments to try and get to the, to the heart of the idea of what it's like, what, what being big in Sweden is about. Because Sweden... Well, so we, we started in a place called Mjölby, which is famous for having a large statue of a large potato in the middle of the town. Are they famous for potatoes, are they, right? Well, like... this is it, right? They're, they're, it's a rural town. And we, I asked about this. And, yeah. You know, it was a monument to their agricultural heritage. Now, Mjölby means uh, flower. So it's a, the crops they grow there are wheat and barley and rye and not potatoes, but the artist <laughs> wanted to make a potato. So for some reason, the representation of the sort of agricultural heritage was a potato rather than any of the things they actually grow. <laughs> but you, you say the artist wanted to make a potato. Isn't that a lot easier to sculpt it than could be maybe that. a field of wheat? Or... I, you could be onto something. <laughs> what I love about the idea of this potato is that 
with all these things in Sweden, there's a decision-making process. So in other words, they must have commissioned an artist, set a budget. The artist would have pitched the idea. A committee of probably 25 people would have approved it, approved the budget. The, the artist would have chosen materials, built it, and then it would have been installed by the council. And, you know, all of those decisions, all of those people involved in this potato... <laughs> You know. Is this discussed in the movie? Yes. Oh, good, yes. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. We've, we have to watch And where, this, where can this we find it? Uh, you can find it on, if you're in the US and the UK, you can find it on Amazon Prime yeah. Video and possibly in other parts of the world. You can, you can find it on various streaming services that I can't access here. There's one called, uh, the, there's various ones in the US that you can find it on. So just Google Big in Sweden streaming and you'll find it. Is there one that begins with an X in America? No clue. It's been no too clue. Long. <laughs> um, I can't remember offhand. Okay, but big um, in Sweden, and you're basically going on a road trip. Yeah. And checking out these small towns, small towns. with the very big. Yeah. So we go to Edsbyn, where they have a big chair and a big bandy club, and we go to um, we end up in a we go to Ornesset, famous for the big giant cheese slicer. cheese slicers, uh, which I is have the a photo gateway out to there. the. Everyone should have a photo of that. <laughs> you know, it's it's the most. Did you go where there's the big hanger? Yes, we did. Yep, there's a big hanger. A big clothes hanger. Yep. Uh, in oh, I was thinking airplane hanger. No, 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 hanger. no. That would be ridiculous. I feel, like, I feel like there's a giant in Sweden that like just kind of like yeah, I don't know, like dropped a, his things. Yeah. In Umeå, there's the potato, a giant. Like, in Umeå, they have a giant clothes peg. And we ended up in this place called Svansela, which is a village with a yeah. population of about 90 to 95 people. We met a man called Torbjörn, who was planning on the top of a mountain called Vitatan to build a giant moose out of wood that was so big, at one leg would be an elevator. Oh, sorry, it's a tree trunk. <laughs> That the moose's mouth was coming. Through. That would be that was an elevator shaft. Ah. It was big enough to accommodate three hundred people, where there would be music and concerts. They could climb up two floors onto the elks, the moose's um, horns, Horns, antlers, and view the panorama, the splendor, the beauty of Norland. And the building permits. Building permit he had. It's really? just the actual practicality of building a giant moose on top of a mountain that well, it's I would go. Is. I mean, do you think about? And if I want to have a panoramic view of something, of course I'm it needs see it from to be from a giant. How, how else yeah. we do? And the beauty was we were up there, and he said, "Well, when I finish this," and he pointed down into the valley. <laughs> he goes, "I'm going to build a, a female moose lying there, and that'll be the hotel." <laughs> And then the restaurant will be a baby moose next to her. He's got this figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great. Wow. <laughs> I like it. I, I hope this, this ends up happening. We'll have yeah. to do a follow-up on that Absolutely, one. <laughs> absolutely. So, question. Mm. Swedish problems. <laughs> yeah. What are the things in Sweden where you scratch your head and go, why do they do it this way? <laughs> um, God, that's a good question. I think it's the meetings. I think it's the lack of decision-making where you kind of go, my son, my eldest child, who's 18, he's just starting to crack this, and you go, we sat down for, at school, 
we had a half hour meeting to discuss when we would have a meeting <laughs> and we set a date for three months away to make a decision and it's the lack of decision making or the lack of nobody's ever willing to stick their head above the parapet and make a decision and take the responsibility and take the flack if that decision goes wrong and that for me is one of the things just make a decision and you know it might go wrong. It might be bad. But just be the one. Nobody's willing to make a decision here. Be the one to say, yes, we are going to have a giant potato in the yeah. middle of our town. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I also wonder if all those towns coordinated. Like, do they talk to me? Hey, we're going to have a potato. We're going to have, like, a cheese slice. Well, if you think about the cheese, you know, the cheese. Because in Boxholm, they have a massive cheese. Yeah. And if you think the cheese and potato, cheese slicer from Ornesset comes down, takes a bit of cheese off the cheese, the giant Boxholm well, yeah. cheese in Boxholm. Put it with a potato, cheesy chips, you're away. Yeah, but are they coordinating? Do people actually be. talk to each other? I <laughs> bet you they be. don't. I bet you they absolutely don't. That would yeah. take years to coordinate the Right? Meetings. For all the yeah. meetings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, well, with meetings and arranging, you arrange all of these comedy nights and things. Is yeah. this also more difficult in Sweden than it would be, say, in the UK? Uh, you know, to be honest, I think it's difficult. Everything like this is difficult everywhere. I think the difference in Sweden compared to England is the price of stuff. So in England, when I was growing up, I used to put music stuff on when I was a teenager. And there it was literally, you'd go in and you'd go, right, I want to put a band on, and the publican, the guy who owned the pub, the landlord, would go, great. And that would be it. See you, see you Thursday, and they'd pay somebody to do the bar. Now here... It's the cost of sticking somebody on the bar is so high that it's never worth... Just the cost of employing people. Right. So in England, this is when I was younger, and I'm sure it's changed a lot now, but it was always like every pub had a top room or a cellar, and they'd go, oh, great, we'll stick somebody on the bar. And they wouldn't lose money by having somebody on the bar. Here, just everything costs so much because... It costs so much to employ people. So it's very difficult to kind of do... It's difficult to kind of do cheap and cheap and cheerful things here. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be very well well employed. And now I sound like, you know, we should just be paying everybody like cash. slave driver, yeah. right? No. no, absolutely. No, but, you, but it is true, right? Like, if you want to be able to do things here, there is a lot more cost involved. And unfortunately, it has a, a negative effect because it means we can't do as many mm. really cool activities that yeah. we'd like to produce. How is mm. it for promoting... Again, I, it's difficult to make a comparison because I haven't really done it in England for many years. I don't know, and I've had I've been both very successful and very unsuccessful in doing this, so I've kind of experienced both. So I'm by no means, I would never say I'm an expert at it because I've both, like I say, I've failed and I've succeeded in equal That's measure. How you learn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but okay, let's let's cover this. So, like producer. Filmmaker, writer, yeah. comedian. Comedian, voiceover and artist. There we there go. Are. That's the one. The voiceover artist. <laughs> so I do I do that as well. Wonderful. So if you know. I'm, get, I'm leaning in now. <laughs> so you, if uh, you need a voiceover artist, <laughs> then uh, this could be the voice for you. Like nothing. I like mm -hmm. this. <laughs> so I've done. <laughs> so, so how long have you been doing that? Oh, many years, many years. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah, what, yeah. what types of projects? Uh, literally everything. I've done everything from a talking bin, like a talking <laughs> trash can. So I've done that and I do, I do kind of regular stuff for um, Verdestad, who are one of the, in fact, the world leading seeding machines of if you've got a large field you need to plant with wheat. 
Wait, wait, wait. Not potatoes. Not potatoes. Sorry. If you you have a large field that you need to plant with wheat where the seeds are planted at regular intervals and at a regular depth, Verdestad is literally the world leader in planting seeds. And they make these, literally the Rolls Royce of seeding machines. And if you ever look at any of their promotional material, or should I say listen to any of their promotional material, it's me saying, the Vedestad, I can't remember what it's called now, Proceed 3.0. Where do you have different seed- voices? Like, do you- oh, yeah, I do the lot. Yeah. I would guess that they tell you, like, the tone. And, and, yeah, you do the you know. tone, you do the depth, you know, maybe a different accent, I do stuff so in Swedish. So is it a commercial work? Could or... be commercial, could be commercial, could be e-learning, educational, could be, it could be stuff like, um, thank you for phoning the car phone warehouse. We're closed today, but dial one for, dial one to know our opening times, dial two to complain, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> It could be that. It could be character. Did a few things for the um, Dutch Maritime Museum, which was fun, which is all character stuff, or Izettel I've done stuff for, which was more kind of character-based. Yeah. Um, so fascinating. Yeah. It's it so great. much fun just to have something completely different yeah. every time instead of same old, same mm. old. Yeah, yeah. And they usually put these exciting films, but I'm basically in a dark room covered in soundproofing material, and it's the least... You know, it's an airless room mm-hmm. <laughs> with no windows. Not so glamorous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I glam it up, though. <laughs> how, that's so fascinating. But how how did you get into that in the first place? That's a good I don't know. I've always done it. I've Somebody done it just heard you and they're like, we need this. Yeah, I think I did the first one probably when I was in... I, I, used to, I mean, I've done it for years. Like pre-Sweden? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when you came to Sweden, you're like, oh, I have this talent... Yeah, so I just um, ended up, I can't remember what the first ever job I did in Sweden was, but it was one of those things where they went, can you do this? And I was like, yeah, of course I can do this. And they're like, oh, you can do this. I'm not the only person doing it in Sweden. But, no, uh, no, but, no, but I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's mm, quite fascinating. Yeah. It's amazing. Again, we talk about like things that you can do with the talents that you have. Mm. And sometimes people don't even see what's right in front of their nose, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, don't anybody else be, go out and become a voice no, over no, no, artist, no, no, right? That's right. No, no, no. And if you if you know corner. any other voiceover artists, if you can make them have an unfortunate accident, yeah. so yes, cut cut the competition for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we're gonna wrap it up, but before we do, do you have any tips for people for the summer for lens shipping for stuff? Yeah, my anywhere tips for the summer is don't waste your money on a summer house or a boat. Instead of buying a summer house or buying a boat, instead of that, get a friend who owns a boat or a friend who owns a summer house and um, get, invited. <laughs> get invited to that house instead. Yeah, okay. That's You're welcome. We'll see you this tip. summer. See you this summer. end of June through to August. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Calendars are out. Yeah. Got we'll got have a meeting to have a meeting. Up. Well, can I ask you a special favor and can you use your special voice <laughs> to... <laughs> Take us out and wish everyone a a happy summer. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice and Snow podcast. That's us signing off for today. Thank you so much for listening. Mm